0: 58. Wow. Um, I'm your host, Jeremy Demerchant, and I'm excited today because I want to talk about something that I think there's a whole lot of money on the table for every single person that's in sales. And this, um, you know, no surprises here, it's the follow-up. And so today I want to talk about uh, a couple things. One is follow-up in general, how to deal with it as a manager, and two, how to follow up with, with style, with flair. Not just harassing somebody, and how to make sure that that follow up uh, is something that intrigues and engages your prospects and doesn't just feel like you're chasing them and it doesn't feel to you like they're running away. Okay, so today uh, we're going to jump into number one. This is the biggest concern that I have, that I hear, sorry, when it comes to follow up. And it's, I don't want to do too much. I don't want to. Make them feel like I'm chasing them. Well, here's the deal. If you're in a situation where uh, somebody's inquired and you haven't had a chance to have that initial conversation with them, it's your duty. It is your duty to follow up with them. It is your duty to do everything in your power to make sure that they get that conversation and get that information that they need so that they can make the right decision for, for themselves, for their business, for their family. Okay? So my rule number one when it comes to follow-up is more or too much is better than too little. And you might think, oh, I'm going to scare them away. I'm going to you know, get a bad name for myself. Nah, it's not really the case. In fact, if you have somebody calling uh, into your business saying, um, you guys are bugging me too much, go give your sales team a high five. Okay. Now you want to be tactful about it, right? Uh, you don't want to just send the same message over and over again. Uh, So we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But as a general rule, too much is better than too little. I promise you this. If you take anything away from this whole episode, I want you to let this land with you. The opportunity that you could could potentially lose from following up too much, I'll do air quotes here, too much, is nothing. Nothing compared to the opportunity you're losing by doing too little. okay I promise you this if we sat down in your business and we studied your business for 90 days and you went for and you just uh, moved forward with the type of follow-up you're doing now and we measured uh, how many sales you got and then you switched around and you went total overkill on the follow-up I promise you the results will be so much more phenomenal. And in, in your favor, revenue-wise, sales-wise, because of the overdoing it in the follow-up. Okay? If you maximize the follow-up, you're going to have a few people go, oh, you're bugging me. Great. Okay, cool. Well, now I know, right? Don't ignore my call. Answer me and tell me you're not interested. All right. But if you continue to follow up, you're going to find the gold in your database. Okay, so it doesn't matter whether you're in a business development role or in more of a closing role where you've got the leads coming to you or uh, appointments booked for you. You still need to follow up. It's still your lead, and someone handing you that lead, somebody paid for that lead in some way, shape, or form. Now that might have been you were paid uh, some kind of base salary to go out and find that lead and nurture it. That's still a cost of the company. Somebody could have paid that paid for that lead, um, in the form of advertising, right, or, or other resources as well. Maybe the business owner, if that's not you. Uh, went out and went to networking groups and built up this big reputation in the industry. and about how they're the go-to person and you're the go-to company for the one thing that you're amazing at. Well, that took time, that took resources. So every single lead that you have is worth money and you need to treat it that way. So I would absolutely rather have the leads reaching back out saying, hey, you gotta stop calling me, you're driving me nuts, than saying, I really wanted to buy them and didn't hear from you, so I bought from your competitor. Okay, so number one, and consider this like a law of sales follow up. More follow up is always better than less. Okay, too much follow up is always better than not enough. Go chasing these people. You don't have to be aggressive about it. And again, we'll talk in a little bit about how you can be creative and not get too monotonous in doing this. But just know this: if there's a mo, if you if you don't feel like you're doing too much follow up, it means you're probably not doing enough. Let that sit in for a second. If if you don't feel like you're doing too much follow-up, that means you're probably not doing enough. So whether you're listening to this as a sales rep, controlling your day, whether you're listening to this as a sales manager or sales leader, helping keep your team, your reps accountable, think about that. If you don't feel like you're doing too much follow-up, you're probably not doing enough. They say the fortune is in the follow-up and that's true. They're right. I don't know who they are, but they said it, and they're right. Okay, Keep that in mind for your business, for your sales process. Because whether you're doing sales yourself, whether you are leading sales people or sales teams, or you're running an entire company, you're an entrepreneur. And your paycheck is a direct result of the activity you do and the results that you produce. So I promise you, the fortune for the company and for you and probably for your clients, too, if you sell anything that has to do with helping them make more money or save money in grow their business. The fortune is in the follow-up for everybody involved. So follow up. Okay, that's number one. Uh, number two. Now, I'm going to call some people out, not directly, because we're all kind of like this. We are amazing keyboard warriors. And I don't mean the people that are trolling on social media bashing people. But I mean for sales follow-up. How easy is it to send out an email? So easy. You just sit back, type thing, push send, and it goes. And it disappears into the ether. And if you're like me, and if your clients or prospects are like me, they're not checking their email nearly as much as they're checking other things. So the likelihood that you're getting a reply, at least within a timely manner to an email, is slim. So my... Rule number two that I want to share with you for follow-up is phone calls first, texting second. Okay, now here's the deal, and I'm about to say something, and I want you to confirm this with your laws of your state or province or country, Uh, but there's no rule or law, to my knowledge, that says you can't individually, personally text somebody. Now, I want to qualify that statement. And when I say individually, I mean like from your cell phone, not like a mass text message thing that drives people nuts. Okay. But to personally reach out and follow up with them, especially if it's relevant to your business. So for example, um, I want you, anytime you have a call booked with somebody that's new, before that call, if they haven't already confirmed via email, use your text to confirm that appointment. And your text can say something like this. Hey, Dave, it's Jeremy calling from Permission to Sell. Just want to confirm that you're still good for our call today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Do me a favor, hit reply, and just confirm that you're going to be there as scheduled. Thanks. And here's what this does. It allows Dave, your prospect, to know who you are, where you're from. So they can go and save your name in their, in their contacts, okay? And that means that forward, you can text. And they're gonna know who you are. Two, the text message will show up exactly where the person is, right? How many people have their phone in their pocket right now? Put your hand up. I know everybody's hand should be up. Okay. Your phone's in your pocket or it's within your reach. 99.9% of you. In fact, you're probably watching or listening to this episode on your phone right now. And your prospects are the same way. So when you text them, you're gonna get a much faster response. You're going to, get a higher rate of response. And especially if it's a personal message like that, and it's not coming from some auto dialer number. And I don't mean you need to use your personal cell phone specifically. Um, I do a lot, but uh, for teams that I set up, often I'll set up like a, a Google phone number or some software that has the, the texting and the calling built into the CRM. So it's all in one spot, but have it feel like, like make it come from a number that they would be familiar with, or they can call you back on. And this is big. So, if they don't know who you are, if, if you're doing cold outreach, don't do cold outreach via text um, individually. You can do that with mass text, and that's fine. Get it, get a system or a software to do that. But for yourself personally, if you're going to do cold outreach, you're going to do follow up. Um, if it's someone that has no idea who you are, pick up the phone and call. It's scary. It's uncomfortable, and it still works. Okay. Some people argue there's better ways to do it, but that's not the conversation today. If you have a number in front of you and someone you want to reach out to, pick up the phone. You're going to get the person or you're going to get a voicemail. Or you're going to get their office manager if you're calling in B2B. But at least you start to have that conversation. Start with the phone, especially for follow-up, if the follow-up requires any kind of conversation. But use your texting to confirm appointments when somebody's expecting that appointment because it's going to give you the ability to follow up via text later and they're going to know who you are. Use text strategically, but go with phone and then text. Don't default to email. Make email like nothing else is working, fine, I'll send them an email. Not the other way around because naturally we lean into hey, it's super easy to send an email, they'll get it when it's convenient for them. Uh, whatever, but we don't know that. This is a story we tell ourselves. If you send an email now to me, I promise you I'm not going to see it for at least an hour and probably more like four hours. But you send me a text. In fact, I see I've got an unread one right now. I'm going to be thinking about it and I'm going to want to make that notification go away. So I'm going to go check it. It doesn't mean I'm absolutely going to respond, but if the content of the text is relevant, then I will. Okay. And especially if it's from a person and it's, and it's obvious that it's not from an auto dialer machine or a mass marketing system. So phone first, text, second, email, uh, you know, straggling third. Okay. But default to the phone. Um, for follow up. Yeah. If, if we could use, if we could jump right into somebody's zoom room and knew like everybody was on zoom or any kind of video conferencing, I would say jump in there. Uh, but that's not something that we can do yet. So phone first because everybody's got their phone and it is the perfect example of um, interruption marketing, right? How do you, especially now, how often does your phone actually ring? Not that often, but if, and and you know what, maybe they're not going to answer the phone, but at least you tried. Then you can go to text message, right? Call. I get your voicemail. You didn't answer. i leave a message. Hey, Dave, it's Jeremy from permission to sell. Just wanted to follow up on the appointment we have. Uh, coming up tomorrow at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, let me know if that works for you. Uh, my number here is, and I'll give the number, and then I'm going to follow up with a text. Hey, Dave, Jeremy here, at permission to sell. Just wanted to send you a quick follow up and uh, and check and let you know I left a voicemail. Um, but I'm reaching out because I want to confirm our appointment tomorrow at 2 p.m. Okay, that way you're you're creating an additional channel for conversation. So, but don't cold text individually. Okay. Don't do that because it's going to be treated like spam and you don't want to get blocked from somebody's phone if you're actually trying to reach out to them and help them. Okay. Um, so that's number two, phone calls first and text second and email a distant third. And number three, and this is mainly for those of you that are running teams, but not exclusively. This can still apply for you. If you're a sales professional, you're a salesperson that controls your day, you don't have systems to, to, um, to adhere to based on the company you're doing sales for. And I want you to think about this. We as human beings have a little bit of a challenge. And this is the challenge that often separates the people that are super disciplined from the people that are just well-intentioned. And there's no right or wrong. And transparently, I am not the disciplined guy. I am the guy that's well-intentioned and I'll do the best I can, but often it will fall short of where I feel I should be. Okay. Now I set some targets pretty high. uh, But part of it is what I call emotional discretion. And that's a fancy term that I came up with, but it really means I go, I know I should do it, but I don't feel like it. Okay. And if you were listening or you were watching, just mentally put your hand up right now to, to, to acknowledge for yourself. If you were a person that deals with emotional discretion, right, I don't feel like it. We all do. So again, if your hand's not up, a little check there and don't lie to yourself um, but we can do things about it we can create systems around it so that we don't have to rely on how uh, whether or not we feel like it and right? this is why people that want to go and, and lose weight and get healthy and eat more nutrition or nutritious meals well they have meal plans and workout plans because there's a plan there's a structure there's a framework and often if they stick to it it works in fact almost all the time if they stick to it it works and so instead of making the decision based on every single leader prospect you have on how you should follow up, I want you to create a framework that you can follow. How often should you follow up? There's no right or wrong, but just make a decision to stick to it so that then it's not a question in the moment, right? If I go and if I use the, the meal plan as an example, if I go into my kitchen and I'm hungry and I can look at a meal plan and go, okay, my next, uh, snack or meal or whatever my next snack is going to be yogurt and granola let's say or an apple and something um if i can pull it off a list then i go grab it i'm done i don't have to think about it but if i go hmm i'm hungry what's in the house hmm what's easy to grab because i got to go back to work then i'm start i start forcing myself to make these decisions and it's like um you you may have heard uh with a Barack obama uh he talked about he one or two colors of suits. Um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg only has, you know, a couple of color shirts. They're all the same shirt um, because these guys want to save their decision-making power for the big things, not what they're going to wear. So I want you to save your decision-making power for the big things too. And follow-up should not be a decision. It should be a behavior. It should be a habit. And you should build the framework around that, the plan around that, so there's no decision to be made. Oh, it's 3 p.m., it's follow-up time. Go to my follow-up list. Who do I need to call? Oh, John Smith. I messaged him yesterday, didn't hear back. Let's follow up. Push the button, dial the call. Oh, he didn't answer again today. Well, today um, is day three in the follow-up sequence, so I am going to leave a voicemail right now. Um, and I'm going to send a follow-up text. And maybe now, because it's day three, maybe I'm also going to send an email. So map that out. Day four, what are you going to do tomorrow? Right. And so um, I I want you to consider creating this framework for yourself for this follow-up because it's too easy to let this emotional discretion take over. It's too easy to say, I don't feel like it. And guys, if you're feeling like follow-up is a pain, You're right. I'm not going to tell you it's this most amazing, wonderful thing. But it's something that has to be done because you've got people waiting for your call, waiting for your text, waiting for your message. They're not all waiting for it. But you need to assume they are. Because assume everybody's not. There's going to be people that really need and want your help that you're not going to be able to help. So create that framework for yourself so that your business of sales that you're in can run smoothly. So you can take that emotional discretion out of it. Okay, treat the follow-up process the same way you would treat a meal plan or a workout plan or treat it the same way you would, uh, you know, when you reach in your closet and if you've only got two colors of suits or two colors of shirts or two colors of shoes or whatever, save the decision-making power for something else. Save that decision-making power for the sales conversation when you're trying to decide what's best for somebody. Don't waste it on whether or not I should call. If you're asking whether or not I should call, the answer is yes, you should call. So do that. Follow up. Create that system. I promise you it's going to make a huge difference. And it's going to take that, that the emotion out of it, right? That's, that's really the goal. So the three things that I really wanted to highlight here is, one, too much follow-up is better than too little. Number two is phone calls first, text second. An email, at distant, distant third. Okay. And number three, create a system around your follow-up process. So one, decide on, on what your system's going to be or what your your um, the consistency or like yeah, frequency, that's a better word. What the frequency of follow-up is for each type of, of lead that comes in. Is this somebody you met in a networking event? Great. How do you categorize them? And come up with like two or three different categories of leads. Uh, if somebody reaches out to you totally cold, great. Find a category for them. You got a voicemail. You got a follow up. They're not getting back to you. Not getting back to you. Not getting back to you. Well, they asked for help, so maybe they got busy, right? I I always assume the best case scenario. Um, I'm going to share a quick story with you. The uh, when I was an enrollment advisor or admissions advisor, I forget my title. Anyway, I think it was an enrollment advisor at an online university. Uh, we had a very very specific follow up. Process and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but it was fairly aggressive because people would inquire. And in this scenario, um, when they inquire, they didn't inquire directly to our institution; they required or inquired to a page that said, "Would you like information on university?" And so the information went to multiple schools, and it was always the first person to get to them had the highest likelihood of actually converting them into a student. And so when we got a lead, we needed to be on it within 60 minutes. Ideally, a whole lot sooner. So we had to be, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but we, we were persistent. Let's, let's go with that. And I remember one particular person, I had called her consistently. And like it was the one time when I nailed the follow-up. I followed the process, and I just stuck with it. Because what we did, it was something to the effect of, I'm day one, and a lead comes in, call. If we don't get the an answer, uh, don't leave a message. But send an email. In the afternoon, call again, leave a message, send an email. Um, this was before texting was really it was a popular thing. And then the next day, same kind of idea. I think it was two, con- or maybe it was three contacts day one and three attempts. Two contacts day two, two contacts day three. Uh, Might have been one contact day four, one contact day five. But we went, we went through the whole thing, and it was mapped out for weeks. And I had, this one lady, I had followed up with her and followed this process to a T for nearly six weeks. And I'm just used to getting her voicemail, right? I push the button, it dials through, it's in my headset at the time. Um, I'm just used to leaving her voicemails. And all of a sudden I hear, hello? And I realized, well, actually, what flashed through my mind was all these calls that I had made week after week, day after day, uh, to, to get her back on the phone. And here she was, and I'm, Part of me is like, oh, she's going to scream at me. Uh Uh-oh. But I went with it. I said, hey, it's Jeremy calling from. um, Wanted to reach out. I saw you had inquired. And so we started the conversation. And within, I don't know the exact timeline, but in a very short timeline, she enrolled. And she reached out to me, well, actually during the enrollment process as she was signing on and and, and signing up. Um, She said, you know, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being so Persistent. I want you to let that resonate with you for a second. Thank you for being so persistent. We're worried so much that we're going to be harassing or bothering somebody. But the reality is a lot of people just want our help and they're busy. They, che- they got the voicemail, they checked it, but they listened to it on the drive home in the car and they were going to walk in for supper and then life happened uh, and they forgot to get back to you. They didn't ignore you. Life happened. And it's your job as a sales professional, as a sales rep, as a sales leader, to make sure there's enough attempts made that you give this person a shot at getting the outcome they're looking for. And okay, so that is super key. Don't be afraid. You need to always think, they're just waiting for my call, and they're just getting busy. They want to hear from me. And you can even leave in your messages, hey, um, you know, I, I've been trying to reach you. It's been a couple weeks now, um, but I know you were interested. If that's not the case anymore, just give me a shout back and let me know. All good. But just let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to keep reaching out because it's important to me that we have this conversation if this is something that's of interest to you. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's okay. Ask the questions or, or leave the voicemails giving uh, people permission to say, no, I'm good. Like, there's nothing wrong with them saying no, I'm not interested anymore unless there's something uh, that you can control to help them go back to being interested or their lack of interest is because of some assumption that they have that isn't based on fact. Okay. But in general, I want you to focus on just thinking the most positive outcome, the most, the positive likelihood of the scenario that's going on when somebody doesn't call you back. Right. So one, too much follow up is better than too little. Okay. If you're not worried, if you don't feel like you're following up too much, you're probably not following up enough. Number two, Phone calls over texts and emails a distant third. Okay, so phone calls one, texts a second, emails is a distant third. And, oh, and on that note, remember, use your texting to confirm appointments that are already set. Okay, get them familiar with your text number. Um, And three, create a system around your follow-up process to remove that darn emotional discretion that's going to make you go, I don't feel like it, right. Okay, now I want to throw in one last thing, and I know I'm talking a lot today. Following up with style. I promise you I would share this, so I don't want to leave the episode until I do. Um, something to think about. There's there's two main things that I want to share. First, following up with style so you don't feel like you're just hunting down somebody or chasing someone. Think about what matters to them. Now, this is mainly in a scenario where you've already talked to somebody, have an idea of who they are, where they're coming from, what they're trying to achieve. And you can actually identify some point of value that you can give them. So if somebody uh, is, is looking for, let's say, oh, say for example, I've, I've got a client who was looking for a loan. Okay. Now I don't, you know, that's the, I'm a sales team guy, uh, but I can make a referral to someone who does loans and just make that connection. So it, it could be just an excuse to follow up. Hey, Dave, um, you know, I know we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Uh, would still love to get back in touch. But in the meantime, um, I saw this article about this company uh, that issues loans for the same thing you're looking for, right? Something of value. It can be an article that talks about uh, you know, leadership, if that's what they're interested in, or something that, that you know that's of interest to them. Uh, for example, if somebody, is, I mean, if you know them well enough to know what kind of pastime or hobby they have, maybe they like wood carving. And you find this great article on wood carving, you can send them. It's just showing that you paid attention and that you're thinking about them. Okay? So you can do that, um, that's a really easy way to get someone's attention to stand out against any competition you're facing. The other piece is be creative with the modality of follow-up. So I talked about phone calls, talked about texts, even talked about emails. Um, but if you think about what else is going to engage somebody, what else is going to make, is going to help you stand out. And one thing that I found really interesting being on the receiving end of is a voice message. Now, A voice message can sometimes, depending on where you're at, you're with can be kind of a pain because you got to listen to it. You're not sure what it's going to be. and Maybe it's not something about the whole world to hear. Uh, But if like, it'll make you stand out. It's more than a text message and they don't know what the content is until they click play. So using voice message, whether it's like Facebook messenger is a really popular way to do it. You can do voice messages um, through like iMessage and other texting apps. So voice is a really good way. The other way to really stand out and really make somebody feel special is shoot a video. Grab your phone, my Phone my pocket. Grab your phone, hold it up, shoot that video, and say their name. Hey Dave, on my way to lunch, um, was just thinking about you and how you mentioned A, B, C, and D. Uh, look, give me a show back. I'm trying to reach you. Um, I want to make sure that we get this thing taken care of, all right? Thanks. Something like that. Uh, you can throw in your name of the first, you know, hey, Jeremy here, permission to sell. Uh, whatever you want. But if you do those two things, if you're you focus on modality and you focus on what's going to be of interest to them, then it's, it's going to help you stand out so much more. And so it's not about uh, chasing them. It's about adding value, right? So make them feel special. Everybody just wants to feel special. And if you do follow up correctly, you're going to make every single person on that list feel special. Hey guys, that's it for today. The fortune is in the follow-up and that is how we do it. All right. So thank you so much for listening and watching uh, sales team rescue episode number 58. And remember, check out the replay of this episode and previous episodes at salesteamrescue.com. Also, if you are ready to book your sales team blueprinting session with me, go to salesteamrescue.com. We'll hop on a quick call see what's going on in your business and with your sales team and put you in a position to double your sales in 12 months or less. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy Demersian. We will see you next week, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here in Headspace TV. Remember, get uncomfortable, get results. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.